everything that's been taught academically in a marketing sense, um, uh, the traditional framework that they have for that is so, so, so out of date. Welcome to the Inbound Buzz Podcast, your weekly jolt of all things digital and inbound marketing. Brought to you by redpandas.com.au. Now for your host and co-founder of Red Pandas, Moby Sadiq. Welcome to Inbound Buzz. I'm your host, Moby Sadiq, and thank you for joining me for episode number 72. It's, of course, interview week on Inbound Buzz, where every second episode, we interview a digital marketing expert. I've said this before. One of the best things about the annual Inbound Conference in Boston are the amazing people you meet. And one of those people is Kara McKay, who I met last year at Inbound 2016. Guys, this interview is as real and authentic as they get. To give you a quick rundown of what she talks about so you can look out for it, Kara talks about how you can come up with a never-ending source of persona driven content ideas. We rant on the problem with traditional university or business school education and the institution of marketing in general. Kara shares free lessons from this year's Content Marketing Academy conference, which she kind of co-ran, and as well as my favorite part of the interview where she shares a step-by-step detailed process on how she optimizes videos from taking them from YouTube to using data to uh, understanding which ones to promote to getting them to as a source of sign-up for her mailing list as well. It's truly epic. Kara also challenges many of the conventions you think you know about marketing, including the effectiveness of YouTube versus Facebook Live. And the answer may not be as obvious as you think. There's also a video recording version of the interview, so if you want to check that out and any other show notes, all the amazing things Kara talks about, you can catch those at redpandas.com.au forward slash EP72. So let's jump straight into it and learn a thing or two from my friend, Kara McKay. My guest today is the owner of her own Lux Shed and Summer House Building Company. She's also a speaker and a key organizer of the Content Marketing Academy Conference in the UK. She's been featured by Huffington Post and she's quickly becoming a notorious, and I'll get back to that later, a notorious figure in the world of the content marketing industry. Cara, thank you so very much for joining me on Inbound Buzz. No worries. Awesome. Awesome. So Cara, before we get straight into it, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about what you do? Oh gosh, right. Okay. Um, so I am uh, the managing director of a timber building company in Scotland. Uh, we make um, the best sheds in the world. And um, it's my job to run that organization, to grow that business and to primarily look after my dad and Grant, who are my other directors. Um, so that's my day job. That's what I, what I do. I, um, I run the company. I uh, come up with the crazy ideas of what we're going to do in the future and uh, put them into practice. And the other things I do is I raise beautiful children. I have a 16-year-old called Sophie. I have a nine-year-old called Patrick. And I have a new baby on the way. Um, I also have my partner's uh, wee lad, which is Spencer. And uh, yeah, so we live in Scotland in Broughty Ferry, which is a coastal town. It's very beautiful. Uh, we have uh, one annoying cat. That's our only pet. Um, and we live a happy life here. Uh, I spend most of my time working hard. Uh, I've got a big 
focus on content marketing. Um, it's, uh, um, it's ingrained into my business and it comes uh, part and parcel with uh, my partner, Chris, and I help him with his business, which is the Content Marketing Academy, as you can see behind me. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so that's pretty much it. Awesome. That's what awesome. I do. So I want to go back to my reference to Notorious, right? I want to jump straight into it, wake up everybody a little bit. Um, I want to start with that post, right? Now, before I talk to you about that post, and I know what you, you know what I'm talking about, I want to share the results. So it's a LinkedIn post you wrote earlier this year. It had, as of today, uh, 615 shares, um, almost 1,700 comments, and a lazy no, you know, 9,800 likes on LinkedIn. Um, and it's, it's not like this is, you know, something you do all the time. So at the time your previous post had 79 views and two comments, you know, something yeah. closer to my sort of stats. Um, mm -hmm. and you generated at the time. And again, it'd be cool to know what you, what you made out of it now. Um, a hundred thousand dollars in shed sales. Pray tell yeah. what on earth did you write about and why do you think it worked? Okay, um, LinkedIn is not my platform for a start. So um, I spend a lot of time on Facebook. That's where my customers primarily are. And that's uh, where I put a lot of my efforts into uh, promoting and uh, engaging with my, with my audience. So LinkedIn for me was um, very much seen as a stiff corporate uh, frame structure of a, a poorly um, programmed uh, social site. And I didn't enjoy the way that it ran itself. I didn't enjoy the way that um, the whole uh, platform worked. And I certainly didn't enjoy the banter uh, or the lack of uh, on the actual platform itself. I found that there was a, an abundance of, uh, of stuck up, um, male, pale and stale uh, sort of demographic um, of, uh, of type of business people on there with uh, very close-minded opinions about a uh, very boring conversation. So when I was writing an article about uh, the stresses and strains of home life and work life and how to uh, combat uh, working from home, um, it was it was something that um, I felt very passionate about because it's a uh, something that I deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, at the time, I was a single mum uh, with two children and I'm trying to run a business and uh, my house and uh, be a, you know, a house person doing like, you know, the chores that, that go along with that and making sure that children are fed and washed and cleaned. So, um, so I was talking about the mixture of that world versus the work world and how it can become so impossible. Um, and I did that with humor. So uh, I ran through uh, my daily process, which is a, just a chaotic spread of shouting at children, stumbling over dirty laundry, uh, not getting any productive work done, uh, dealing with the you know, household chores and generally feeling unaccomplished at the end of the day. So, it was, uh, first of all, dealing with that, the problem, and then I came up with the solution, which is, of course, a beautiful garden office. Um, who happens to make them? I do. So that was, uh, that was the, the spin on it. Now, when I wrote the article, um, I wrote it just as I do, right, the majority of my, co my content. Now, it's something that I've been exploring, and it's something that I was taught 
um, uh, by the great gods of content marketing, but mostly uh, focus on Anne Handley and uh, Mark Schaefer from the Content Marketing Academy that uh, live that went ahead the year before, uh, so 2016, when they pair were on the stage and they were telling you about how to be more human and how to be bigger, braver and bolder. Um, I've never had to be a professional uh, in the sense of the word, which they like to tar me with. I've never had to um, conform. Um, I don't uh, bode well with establishment rules or authority. Uh, that's why I have my own business. Um, and uh, so I've never ever felt the pressure of uh, a corporate structure. So I don't play to their rules. Um, so when it comes to swearing or the context of my uh, of the way I write or uh, the emotion that I share or the the honesty and the transparency that, that comes across in my writing um, that's just me and that's the way that um, I feel I get the best from writing out of so I don't enjoy academic writing. I've done all that. I've got my honours degree in business management. I've pledged allegiance for the four years of absolute torturous hell. And I never, ever want to write another academic piece ever again. I'm happy writing the way I am. And if you are true to, the, to your own voice and the way that you want to write, then it just comes so much more easy. Um, so I wrote this piece in my own voice and it, it turned out to be 600 words, not even, of absolute joyous pleasure for an abundance of people on LinkedIn who are screaming out to say this stuff and feel that they can't, uh, that they know that they, they are under the same pressures. They're business people working at home trying to deal with this balance and they're just like up in arms at the, the prospect that somebody uh, can see it with them and see it loud and actually see it truthfully. So you might find that there's a huge amount of people telling me that I am the worst person in the world, I should be stoned to death and never allowed to speak ever again. But the abundance of uh, messages that I've had personally, the DMs, if, you, if, if I could let people read my uh, direct messages on LinkedIn, they far, far outweigh by at least 70% uh, uh, with the, the comments of support and uh, people sharing their daily struggles uh, with working from home and their thanks and praise for me saying the truth. Mm, so that's it, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that's just so authentic there. And, you know, you spoke about Anne Handley, um, yeah. you know, content marketing legend, right? And she wrote an article about you. And that's right. She says, you know, it's, it's not that, you know, uh, companies should start cursing and swearing in their marketing, you know, because, you know, for a lot of those who actually do try, they're doing it, they're doing it disingenuously, you know, they're doing it to yeah. provoke or in a cheap or forced way. So they're not being very authentic. But she also says how you say something as, as, is as important as what you say. So the how, you know, the delivery. So yes. is there an answer for brands or businesses or whoever trying to find their how they communicate yeah. in their content and messaging? Yeah, um, I'm lucky because um, the, what I'm selling is directly related to what I do um, so, and how I do it. So um, being able to 
sell something that you do on a daily basis or, and explain how you do that um, is definitely going to communicate a lot faster, and a lot quicker with your end audience who are buying from you, who are looking for the same results. So I think when we spoke um, to Simon Sinek uh, down in London um, back in May, um, he went through my um, my tagline for the business, which is uh, best sheds in the world. Um, and he wasn't happy with, with that tagline. He said, it needs to be something else. And you need to tell uh, me exactly why you do what you do. So I told him that it's about my dad and Grant and it's about uh, providing them with a future where they don't have to work hard anymore. They can rest up and I'll make sure that they're well looked after. And he said, that's what you've got to sell to your customers. So he said, um, you sell to your customers what, what it is that you are doing. So I'm uh, providing a resting place, uh, a peace of mind for uh, dad and grand. So my customers, they have hard workers in their life who um, they want to provide a resting place for. And they get that from their shed or their summer house or their garden room. That's their retreat. That's their resting place. So it's just it's about getting to that other level. It's not, it, can be any, it can be any product or service and it doesn't matter. It's about the, as you say, the how you do that uh, rather, than, um, rather than coming up with sort of like a gimmicky sort of uh, tactics or uh, swearing just because other people are swearing. You know, it's, it's, not, a, it's not anything to do with that. It's, it's, it's primarily to do with how I can just speak truthfully mm -hmm. about my own experiences and that resonates with my, with my customers. And as I say, I am lucky because of the situation that I'm in that it just so happens I live the life of my customer. Mm. And so if I think uh, for advice for other people um, who don't live the life of their customer, then they need to try it in order to be able to speak their language. Uh, 100% mm. they need to. Um, so whatever that might be, service or product-based, doesn't yeah. matter. So you took the whole why, and, and obviously Simon Sinek did probably one of the most legendary TED talks on earth and almost everyone and I'll, I'll reference that in the show notes as well uh, redpandas.com.au forward slash EP72 so I'll reference that as well as anything you talk about today um, how he talks about the why so that's a really interesting way you've taken that you've taken and most marketers who are, mar who are traditional marketers or who grew up in traditional marketing understand that but you, your, your how is your why if that makes sense so your why is about you know like providing for um, you know, your dad, as you say, and obviously like, you know, giving people some sort of solace or comfort. So that came out in your messaging. So the, 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 the why isn't just like a tagline you throw somewhere. It's embedded in the delivery of your content. That, that's such a good way to put it. Yeah. And throughout the company, you know, everybody that works for Gillis and Mackay, they work for each other. It's not just, um, it's not just um, uh, a come to work uh, do your shift and then leave work. Everybody is fully invested in that to work for each other. Uh, we've got uh, all our staff on holiday uh, for this week. Two of them are in uh, just now um, making um, stock and they've called three of the boys that are off on holiday four or five times. Now, there's no obligation for these guys to give help or uh, advice or anything like that. One's in Tenerife, one's in Europe on holiday, and he's still giving into the company whilst he's on holiday because that's just what they do. So we all do it for each other. And I think that as a census, is, it, it 
it pulls massively on the family entity of the of the business mm. and it's something that again we can relate uh, with our customers with how important family is um and that is, is you know there's so many different angles that, that we can come at with with that one message because it's so ingrained in everything that we do yeah and honestly i think that can be taken from a small company to a large company there's companies i work with that say we have family values but to actually show it, live it and breathe it, I absolutely love it. So let, let's go back a little bit, right? Let's talk about, you know, content marketing, quote unquote content marketing. And I love this post you did as a wrap up for the CMA, as you can see behind you. And I want to ask you about that in a second as well, the CMA content. Yeah. And you spoke about, um, you know, the, the shit, maybe traditional textbook definition of content marketing by people who think they know, but they, but they don't. And I think all of us, when we fell into content marketing or understood Oh crap! We need to do this thing. We we fell into these decisions, uh, these these definitions rather. So you know the, the crappy de- definition inside aside. What is the real definition in your mind of content marketing? So if, if you wanted people to walk away from this interview and said, okay, I understand from Kyra that this is the definition of content marketing. What would that be? Oh God! Right. Okay. Now you're testing me. Um, for me, it said it's purely about how you communicate with your customers. Um, so we've, we've spoken about it just there, but it, it is exactly that. It's being able to think and act and behave exactly like they are and their moment of pain or need and be able to solve that problem or, or uh, pain that they have. So answering um, those, those emotions inside that your customer. So if I... Um, if I use any of any of my examples of my content that I produce, it comes down to um, really getting the thought in my head of exactly how they see it. So it's not like um, the conversation that I would have with a customer face to face is exactly what I put on paper and is exactly how they will search on Google for me. So it's entirely down to the communication aspect and being able to be their friend virtually with you know within within a matter of the first opening line of any blog or mm. first opening words of any video that you that you produce uh for me that's my platform's blog and video um but yeah it, yeah it, there's it's simple it doesn't need to be complex there's nothing difficult there it's acting speaking and behaving exactly like your customer mm. um to get them the right answer as quickly as possible I had a question for much later, but I want to bring it up now because it's so perfect and it unpacks a little bit what you're talking about. And what I do really like about your content, it really does. So, you know, we've, we've featured, you know, Marcus Sheridan's They Ask You Answer book philosophy, mm-hmm. right? Of just a good con or call it good content marketing, understanding those pain points like you talk about. Um, but what I love about your content, it actually, you actually like are answering those questions. Like you've got stuff, for example, videos and articles on how much does a garden office cost? the best yeah. type of roofing for a pet shed. How long will an expensive shed last? So my question is, how do you research? You, you say like a lot of these are the conversations you would have. So do you do any other research? Do you, how do you come up with these, uh, with these questions and how do you not run out after a while? Yeah. Um, so I asked my customers, um, so I've been doing this job since I was 16 and uh, de- dealing with sales, dealing with customers, that particular job um, I've done, the other side, which is the construction side before that and throughout it. But from the age of 16, I've been answering questions. 
uh, day in, day out by customers. And I will never, ever run out of any <laughs> questions to answer. It's impossible. There's always new ones. And whether it's uh, doing a, a market share in Big Five content matrix where you come up um, with like, 100 200 uh, questions in like an hour's uh, graph then that that's fine that you can do that or whether it's uh, sending out an, an email to to my list and asking them further questions and I get you know the last time I did that I got 150 replies that's an extra 150 videos you know mm. um, or whether it's making uh, use of all my employees so I've got two office admin and I've got my on-site deliverers and asking them what questions have you been asked today you know there's loads of ways to get to get the uh, the inspiration that you need for for the ask you answer um it's it's not complicated um and your first your first port of call is uh what questions have you been asked today um or what questions have your sales team been asked today if you've got a larger organization so it's, it's very straightforward mm. for me i find it uh, easy to do um, the research that, that goes into it there's only five million people in scotland um, it's a small market that I uh, that I dominate at the moment. I look, I'm looking forward to sort of branching out in, into England and Europe. Um, so it's very easy to do my market research in Scotland. Um, the, my do construction shed companies don't even know the internet exists. You know, <laughs> so I don't have uh, you know I don't have direct competition where content marketing is concerned. Um, but it's not, you know, it's only a matter of time before they catch on eventually. So I need to make sure that that gap is massive. Mm. And so I keep on top of the game. And um, I think you'll see in the, the one that I did today, uh, the how much does your uh, garden office cost? Um, I did um, a Facebook Live on that today. And the basics are that uh, I can write an article like that and I can include um, my competitors uh, as you would see in a traditional sense, they would be my competitors. Um, I'd give them as an example for their price and their structure. Um, I'd sing their praises, especially for uh, a particularly nice company. And uh, I can do all of that because uh, that's exactly the ethos that uh, Marcus talks about. And that's exactly what I mean by behaving and acting and speaking like your customer. Your customer isn't your customer until they buy from you. So until that point, you treat them as a friend. So you give them all the information that they need for them to make their own decision. Um, so the research that goes into that is fairly straightforward. You behave like a customer, you Google it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, I mean, that the idea of asking, if you're a small company, it's even easier in a way. If you're a bigger company, um, you know, you, you touched on this and Marcus Sheridan obviously talks about this as well. You know, doing those workshops and getting those, you know, hackathons where you get like 150 questions. And I've also recently been thinking about bigger brands because I think for them, it's a bigger challenge. And yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't know what it is, but like maybe, you know, I've, one of the ideas that I had, like a lot of bigger brands use like, um, you know, maybe not Slack, but maybe Slack's maybe Skype for business or maybe Yammer or something, even having a thread. And like, as, cause it's one thing for the marketer to go, oh yeah, but you know, I ask people and they don't come back with questions, but you know, you just create a thread. And as those questions come, people just throw them in there. It's like, I think any, no one has an excuse really when it comes to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just processes in place to make sure that you can document them properly. That's, that's just being, that's common sense. That's being clever, you know, just get, get a system in place where people can pop in because they'll, 
you'll get a question, I'll go in one ear and I'll go out the other and you'll completely forget about it. So if you have a system in place where you can record this as and when it happens for your, everybody on your team, everybody in your organization, then that's exactly what you need to do. But the, the, the fundamental is it needs to be a priority. If you don't make it a priority, nobody's going to do it. So yeah, if you're looking for questions, then you need to express how important that is uh, to get your team on board. Mm, okay so that's i mean that's the the strategic approach you take which is which is simple and good marketing should be simple on the on the tactics side on the day-to-day side of you know the operational side of content i'm guessing you run a a lean marketing team right it's probably yourself and just yeah okay perfect right perfect i mean i outsource uh but yeah but in the business side of things it's me yeah you're you're the you know the ops of the marketing and the content side so what do you say to people who say they don't have time and how do you manage your time to consistently get content out? Okay. So, um, first of all, you do have time. That's, uh, that's the first thing. Uh, I think anyone that says that they don't have time just basically don't, uh, think it's, uh, important enough to do you. Of course you have time. You just got to make it important. So I, I dedicate, well, it started out, I dedicated something like, something, I don't know, like four hours a week or something like that at the very beginning. And then um, it got more and more and more. And last year, I, ded- I dedicated to my timetable of how I worked to, twen- uh, to 20 hours a week. Um, and now I probably do something uh, between 20 and 30 hours a week. There's, there's not a time that goes by throughout my day where I'm not either thinking about it or actioning something because of it. Um, and the reason that I do that is because it, it works. <laughs> they don't understand, you know, the people that, um, that either say they don't have time for it. And even if they, even if they do do it and they don't do it properly, you know, it's just such, that is a waste of time, you know, do it properly and give it the amount of time that it needs because it does work. There's no other way to do Mm. business as far as I'm concerned. It's the only way. And uh, I think I've said that, you know, since day one, really, as soon as I realized what, uh, what we were talking about here, um, going back, way back to the, to the very beginning when I arrived at the masterclass and I was sitting in that room and I was like, I've just finished a, a business degree and, you know, I know exactly what I'm talking about. I've aced marketing. I've got all the P's in the, I know exactly what I'm talking about. And I sat down there and, you know, Chris started coming away with all this stuff and I'm like, what the fuck's he talking about? So this isn't, this isn't what I was taught. This isn't what I've got, you know, my qualifications for. And it's like, this is mental. And it just blew me away. And I was like, this is exactly what I need to be doing. And I 100% committed there and then in that room. And I've never looked back because it's done nothing but wonders for my business. Um, Monetary-wise, of course, but not just that. It actually gave me a purpose. At, at the time when I went into that room, I was selling sheds. And the aim, of, aim of my game was I will get the business to a, to a point and then I'll just fuck off and do whatever else I like. You know, I'll go and actually make some serious money. So instead, what it's done is it's content marketing is not just, I always knew we had a good pro- product, but what it's done for me is made me believe in the product. And it's made me want um, our product, not just to be good, but be the 
the the best mm. that it could possibly ever be, and that's all I've focused on ever since. Um, so it's not it's not just a, a way to do marketing; it's a way to do business. Mm. And people, when they get it, they just get it. And there are hundreds and thousands of people that will think that they know, and they're the most dangerous ones, the ones that think they know, but they haven't a clue. And then there's the ones that don't know, and they're the ones that are probably going to get it eventually. And I mean, you're not, it adds, it adds value to your brand and what you do. You're not the only person who makes sheds in your region. Like, I think no. I read somewhere you charge on average like three times as much because there's inherent that's value right. in what you're selling. You know, that's, that's right, yes. It's, it's, it's just crazy. I mean, I, I didn't have this question planned, but do you think, like I've, I've always had at the back of my mind a bit of an issue with traditional education. Yeah. And I find, and I don't know, there's, that I've had debate. Some people agree with me. Some people have kind of pushed back and said, oh, you don't know what you're talking about, Moby. But I find marketers, so I want to ask sort of, I guess, marketers for a second. The ones that have been classically trained by universities um, and then they get into these traditional roles and they go into these corporate, big corporate companies, in a, you know, like Jorlux Paint or someone, somewhere really, really huge. I find the longer they go through that process, no offense to any of them, but the, the dumber they are. And I say that respectfully in a way to hopefully shake some people. So yeah. what, do you, what do you think about the institution of marketing? Uh, are, there, are there gaps? Is it, is it churning out dumber marketers? Just you know, spitball for me. What do you, what do you think about that subject? Um, I think the traditional um, academic structure uh, as it is, uh, the, the process of how we teach our children um, is on borrowed time. Um, and if it's not, then it needs to be because the way that we educate is wrong. Um, I am a dyslexic. Uh, I struggled uh, with dyslexia. Um, I was diagnosed maybe when I was about seven or eight at primary school. Um, and uh, the education system that I had throughout primary and uh, my high school years um, was very poor. Um, there was no, no additional support. There was no really any understanding, which is, you know, uh, quite desperate considering I'm only actually 30. Uh, it would be understandable for my mum's era maybe, but not necessarily for mine. Um, so the support and structure for education was, wasn't good enough. Uh, college wasn't much better. University did support a lot, a lot better for me. But regardless, the way that they deliver education as it is now, when I watch my teenage daughter and my son grow through the education system, yeah, you're right, they are dumbing. <laughs> and they have been for years. And you can go into conspiracy theory here, you can, you can say that it's purposeful to suppress, uh, you know, the, the normal uh, citizens of uh, the world, blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. Uh, or you can uh, do what you can do to make it better. So you can uh, take responsibility for your own children and ensure that they are doing their own self-directed learning and they are teaching themselves uh, the important things that they, they will need to be successful in later life. And that's a lot to do with technology and the advances that we have um, you know, in the modern world. Because everything that's been taught academically in a marketing sense, um, it, the traditional framework that they have for that is so, so, so out of date. There's principles there that will never die. But the way that they do it 
and the, and the importance that they lay on tactics and um, structure and um, the way that they can manipulate uh, a result and uh, the way that they treat a customer um, is, is definitely not the way that most humans, uh, regardless of whether they're in marketing or business, would naturally feel like they would want to behave. That's a, that's a taught, uh, taught way of, of behaving. And, I, I, and I've written about it. I, you know, all marketers are full of shit is the article and uh, I mean that expressively. Um, I've been taught uh, outside education uh, in business through networking um, what I should be doing with my marketing, how I should be catching leads, how I should be treating uh, the numbers, how I, you know, how I, uh, how I can deceive, how I can uh, trick people into buying, how I can hassle them, pressure them, cold call them, all that nonsense. Uh, and no, it's, it's not right. Mm. It's, uh, it's, it's, not, it's a tactic. It's nothing that's ever going to last and it's not something that's going to get you known for being good. Yeah, nothing beats answering those questions, understanding their pain points, being authentic. <laughs> Yeah, it instills confidence in you and your brand as well. So, yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, where we can learn from is like the pioneers, like you know, the Ann Handleys and the Mark Shapers and the Marcus Sheridans and, and you know, the, the great stuff that, you know, the CMA does as well. So, I mean, the, the CMA itself, like it, I've been following it now for a couple of years and the first sort of, I just, you know, saw it in social media and whatever, it just seems to be getting bigger and bigger, which is fantastic. Um, yeah. this, this, this question itself, I know could be a podcast episode itself, but what are maybe, you know, one of the, the two key things that you took away or really stuck with you this year at CMA? Oh goodness. Well, it was a completely different experience for me this year. I was very, um, very hands-on, very in with the, uh, with the organization and um, with me, Chris and uh, Vicky. And so it was a different, different year. Um, I loved uh, my lightning speakers. Um, they, they were sensational. Uh, so they're ordinary uh, business owners. Uh, we had all, an all-women uh, lightning speaker panel this year, and they did 15-minute uh, slots um, of, their, of their speaking. I, I did my own as well, but I, um, I helped the girls um, get to the place where they needed to be so so they would feel confident on stage um they've all done marcus's um uh, world-class communications um so they know the practice of uh, question story result challenge whilst you're on stage that's how you structure and uh, they know how to engage an audience but it was just the fear of anticipation for them so it was getting over their nerves and making sure that they were getting the best out of, of what they were wanting to say so they girls were sensational i absolutely was blown away by them they were just fantastic that was uh, sharon menzies um who has a hr company and she was uh, talking about um why um she was dabbling with content marketing for for months and months and months and it wasn't until she realized that she really really needed her business to work because she had um a, a disabled son that relied on her to be a to be a full time mum as well. Um, that it uh, that it came to light that she had to make content marketing work, and her story was so touching. Uh, you know, people crying, all the rest of it. Eva, uh, she uh, she's a youpreneur as well, 
and she was talking about community and um, how um, nobody, there's no such thing as a self-made entrepreneur and uh, how, she, uh, how she uses uh, the, the communities that she's involved in to her full, full advantage that make her uh, the better businesswoman that she wants to be. Um, Karen was talking about niche marketing um, and finding your niche and understanding that by, by narrowing that down, it opens up so much more opportunity. And Pam was talking about never having to deal with uh, shitty customers ever again. Get back using content marketing, getting the best customers you could ever possibly imagine and only ever having to deal with them. So there was such a broad range of how content had opened their eyes to uh, a whole new world of business. Um, and I have to uh, you know, reinstate that point over and over again. Content marketing isn't just about marketing. It's, it's entirely about business. It is the it's the foundations what, what make organizations great. So that is the academy, that's what we teach. Um, it's a learning organization, teaching the principles of that. It then flows into everything that you do in business. So when you come to the CMA Live, everybody in that room is speaking your language. So you're instantly in a place where you're safe and you're excited and you just, you cannot wait for the fun to happen because it, it's, it's such a lovely, lovely place to be. Everyone there wants everybody else to be amazing. Everybody wants everybody else to do well. They want to support, they want to help. There's just an amazing community feel that they're all working for the same goal and that's to be as good as they possibly can be. So when you think about your goals, ambitions in life. Um, it's, to, it's never against somebody else for a CMA member. It's always against them in 10 years time. So that's, that's the ethos, that's how people behave and that's why it is such an important event to, to attend as a CMA member and uh, as anybody who's thinking about it because you get a proper, real understanding of the, of the possibilities. So lightning speakers, sensational. The actual event itself, the atmospheric need to be in that room is sensational. There's just no way to describe it other than actually going and being there. Mm, absolutely. And I'll link that in the show notes as well for people to check out. Um, so just, I had, I had a question on video, just uh, coming down from, to my last couple of questions. Um, you've been, from what I can estimate, it seems like, because I saw a video, I think it was last year, and you said you were doing it for nine months or so. You've been doing it for about 18, 20 months. Is that correct? Video? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Implementing it. So taking a look back now, what do you think that's done for your business? And I mean, it's, it's interesting. I almost feel like videos for you are easier than writing articles. So what, what has that done for you? I specifically focused on video um, because uh, folk kept saying I was quite good at it. <laughs> So I just, uh, I was like, right, I'll set myself a challenge. I'll do a hundred videos before CMA Live uh, and I'll get them published, um, edited and published and out there. And that, that was my plan. That's what I wanted to do. So I did that. Um, and now, just now after the, 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 you know, all the hype and everything that we've, uh, you know, the pre-sales for the following year and going on holiday, now I'm really getting down to it. It's the start of our 90 day challenge. So I've got three months to optimize the fuck out of all that content that I've made. So at the moment, nothing, nothing <laughs> from the hundred videos is happening. The ones I did before that. So there was probably maybe 25 before, um, that they've done brilliant and um, they are, 
my uh, should I insulate my summer house is uh, my it's got like thousands of uh, views on it but it, it comes up obviously as um, the first on Google but not only that Google's answer as well mm. which is always a great place to be <laughs> the video comes uh, up and the the page that it's yeah so yeah, the video yeah. So I've got it on uh, my website, um, on, I've got it on Shared TV, so it's embedded in my website as well as being on YouTube. But the video itself comes up as Google's answer to should you insulate your summer house. So uh, the Google answer comes up with um, should I insulate my summer house. Now that happens um, on maybe five or six other videos um, and it's great. That's a, that's a fantastic thing to happen. That, that means that you know that it's working mm. because the traffic that it generates uh, by coming up on that stage on Google, um, the traffic that then it then generates on your website and you, you're watching all the downloads of the price lists and the, the how long they stay on your website, how many pages they're reading, you know, it's, it's great. It's fantastic. It means it's completely worth it. And the, the sales themselves, you know, they, they reflect themselves. Um, and I'm really, really looking forward to, uh, to monitoring and understanding the, uh, the return on me producing those 100 videos in the first six months of this year. Mm. By the time you get to December and by the time I've finished optimizing, I'll be doing like uh, Facebook ads and things like that as well behind them um, to boost them. And uh, I really can't wait to see what it's going to be like in December, getting to the other six month mark after they've been optimized and just finding out how well they've worked for me. Um, it's going to be a brilliant case study. I can't, I can't wait to share, to share the results on that. I think, I think you've said something that is actually quite uh, telling and important because you've done those videos, you've done the, the hundred videos. Um, I think most people, most people would say, yeah, cool, I've done them. But you, you've just, you just made a really, really good point there. Like you're going to make a concentrated effort now to go back and optimize those. And yeah. that's where a lot of people stop, isn't it? You know, so I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up. What, how do you... Yeah, that's it. And I'm done. And I, let's like, look. Ah, that's it. Job's done. Truth, no. truth be told, I've like, um, you know, I, you know, doing, doing podcasting 18 or 20 months or whatever it is. I don't think I've really optimized mine as well. Some of them I've started to turn into videos. Um, but just quickly, just uh, when you say you're going to optimize, you know, the bank of that video, what are you going to do? What are you actually going to do to optimize that? Yeah, so what happens is, right, so everything is um, native on YouTube. And I've made copies of the videos and they are now native on Facebook. So it's just about distributing them at the right times, not to like, you know, overload uh, of stuff. Now, what I find really is the Facebook video, um, the Facebook live videos, they're not, they're not doing what I wanted them to do initially. YouTube very much still has the power there. Basically, if you're going to spend time on video, YouTube's where to do it. Uh, I, what I'm finding is that my audience uh, are definitely watching from a Google search and then onto YouTube. So um, what I'm doing is I'm taking them from Google's, uh, from YouTube and embedding them on my website. So they've got the same track and um, they've got the same uh, sort of code line. So it's the video that's on YouTube, but it's actually in my website. And then I transcribe everything that's on that video mm. into written text. And I put on related content and links to my other content within that text. And I put my subscription in there as well. So that's what I'm doing at the moment. I'm, trans I'm doing the transcripts of all the videos, 100 videos, onto my website. 
And then uh, what I do from there is I take their um, I take their measurements uh, through my Google Analytics at that point, just as they go live, and then see how fast I can get them to excel themselves. And by doing that, I will uh, promote them uh, through Meet Edgar. So that's the, the platform that I use for my social. Um, and so I will schedule them uh, on uh, particular days uh, for different subjects. And then I will uh, promote them on Facebook because that's where my wider audience are um, through uh, Facebook ads. Um, and I'll use, um, you know, uh, I'll use targets such as people that have visited my website in the last 30 days. I'll use the, the, the Facebook pixel to track all of that. I'll use my, uh, I'll invite them to do the sign up because that's in initially what I want them to do because then that means that I can use my email campaign off the back of all this content to get them to buy so that's that's how uh, that's how i'm uh, optimizing the videos as they are it's get it's getting people interested um, on the platform that they find easiest to use and then inviting them to join me on a platform that i find easiest to control which is email so that's how it works um, and the only way to do that again is by answering the questions that they actually want the answers to uh, rather than just shoving offers right in their puss when they're not interested. Cara, that, that answer itself, um, you could run a freaking presentation on that. Was <laughs> fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And I can't wait to listen back and actually jot down all those points that you said. So for everyone who listened, that was so good. You spoke about the ideal page, you know, taking the video, embedding it, transcribing it, taking that video, uploading it natively to Facebook, yeah. Yeah, promoting yeah, that. Um, oh, absolutely. That was amazing, Cara. And also what I really, really liked as well, one of my favorite parts of that answer was you said Facebook Live isn't working as much. Google, uh, YouTube is still where it's at. I felt that myself. I actually haven't even mentioned it on my podcast yet. And I think I'll mention it maybe next week, but I've felt that, you know, the, there's always a flavor of the month. And, you yeah. know, Facebook Live, Facebook Live. And, yeah, it's cool. It's good and it works, you know, to a point. But let's not forget good old YouTube, right? Like the second biggest search engine on earth. So I'm, I'm yeah. glad you've said that because it does allow you to control the conversation, doesn't it? It does. My main point about Facebook Live is, is exactly what it's for. So Facebook Live is live there in the now. So if you have an audience of a thousand people that are going to religiously watch you at 3 p.m. every day on Facebook Live, it's perfect. That's it. But that's all it's worth. It's not evergreen. Nobody's going back through your Facebook Lives, finding ones that they want to watch. They tend to be quite long as well. So they're not, to do, they're not ideal for promoting. Um, people aren't going to be hanging around. It was there and then. It was in context of that day, mm. uh, at that time, at that subject matter. So that's exactly what Facebook Live is for. It's not evergreen content and it's not going to, you know, um, going to work for you after you've used after you've used it for its primary purpose of being live yeah. and, and that's what you know youtube does do youtube provides you with an evergreen search content where people can go back time and time again and, and start from the very beginning and be taught a lesson from your very first video and watch them all the way through and you have no idea when the people join that journey and that's what youtube's for facebook live is never going to be youtube basically Mm, absolutely. I mean, it's, I, it is good for people who, like you say, who have that audience. Um, but also like it kind of, 
anyone who's kind of scared to be on video in a way, sometimes Facebook live isn't bad. Cause like jump into the deep end, yeah. you know, build, yeah. build that and just go and talk and kind of spitball. And if you use it strategically and promote it, then yeah, maybe, but definitely use that content on YouTube as well. So that that's on point, I think. Similar to uh, Snapchat and Instagram stories, you know, that that's the, the type of sense I have with Facebook Live. It's like a longer version of your Snapchat or Facebook or Instagram story. That's kind of how it feels to me. You go on, you tell them how your day is, you see a point, you get to a lesson and you end it with the conclusion, job done. And then that's it, it's forgotten. You know, that it was there and then, done. Mm. But not as valuable as producing a proper video on youtube no awesome awesome cara thank you so very very much um you know particularly you braving morning sickness as well which would be called 24 hour sickness <laughs> yes so you're, you're a trooper i don't know how you do everything that thank you, you. It's, uh, it's right there. <laughs> oh, that, yeah, don't worry, I won't keep you for anything. Uh, I was going to ask you if there was anything else you wanted to say or anything, but I, I think you've... No, it's been great to speak to you, Moby. Are we, go, are we meeting up when we, uh, when we come over in September, going to Boston in September? 100%. 100%. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, I, I, I know by that time your videos will be optimised and you'll be super famous and whatnot, so yeah. don't ignore me. That's good. But I, yeah. I'm going to definitely find I'll you and Chris. <laughs> also, you book me and I'll, I'll speak yeah, to your I'll people. You. I'll speak to your people. Yeah, yeah. Cara, thank you so very much. That's great. It's it's very inspiring to watch what you're doing and yeah, keep it up. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers, Moby. Thanks for listening to Inbound Buzz. Learn anything? Return the favor by spreading the word. Want to make your mark in digital? Need help with your digital strategy, inbound and marketing automation efforts? Then visit redpandas.com.au and be sure to tune in next time for another Inbound Buzz hit.